Thank Guys, you. that was really good. Really good. As always, and that was actually a precursor for uh, next week. We are um, learning meeting at the the, the fair. Fair. They've asked me me to bring a message. So I've got to wear my hat. They call it the white shirt next week. So. <laughs> what, what, what time is it there? Uh, following the parade, and it's scheduled at noon. Okay. Um, so it's sort of around there. I think it's in the square, square bit, right? Yeah. Where, where it always is. So. Anyway, church service next uh, Sunday at the fairgrounds at, again, again, approximately noon. So well, let's take a this afternoon, afternoon and let's do the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, as uh, last week we began, I, I don't know that we know that we began, we, on a continuation actually, uh, maybe started, started when we think about putting on the whole armor of God. And uh, from there we went to, uh, to James talking, talking about counting it all, it all joy when we fall into various trials, because it worketh endurance with, with its maturity. And then it was like... like Seems so, so. I don't know. It's just, it almost seems like that's not easy, right? I mean, not how many? How many of you guys had trust week? Nobody's listening because name because no hands. Every single one of you had a trial this week. I guarantee, guarantee you did. There's no question because that's the way life works. And the really cool, the cool part is, is uses those trials to learn to endure, and we learn to endure maturing, and that's what we want. We want maturity. Um, we like it the fast way. way. No trials, but that way. But at any rate, there's some, there's some team to be just like let's start back at the beginning. Amazing how sometimes the beginning beginning is to see more of what we need to see. So I was just think, thinking, uh, Ephesians is such a rich book, and the first three chapters, um, which in Paul's letters, his epistles, he does, he does every single one this one this way. They're not written obviously the same way. They're the same amount of chap- chapters. They're not the same book. They're not written not written to the same people. But it's exactly the same sense of how he works in his writing. He wants to make sure that, that you understand how, how to think properly. Because if you're not thinking right, you obviously cannot, cannot act or live right. He's, he does that in every, every single one of his letters. So in, so in Ephesians half, the first three chapters are literally about that. He wants you to, to know who you are in Christ. He's writing it to Christians, and, and it's amazing to me, it, 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 it truly, we're sitting here today because God chose, and again, you may not all know Jesus Christ today, but you, you've been, you will be given the opportunity until, until the last, last breath is you, that Jesus Christ is for you. And in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it, it says, he chose you before the beginning or before the world was created. Just wrap your head around, your head around that first. That's how big my God is. Before he knew, I'm sorry, before there was anything to know, know in the sense of what we see and see and feel and hear and hear and see, he chose Jesus Christ as the way to save us. See, for God, who knows all things before they happen, he knows all things from the beginning before the end, and before the beginning and, and past will be the end. That's who God is. But starts to talk about, talk about, and we could go on right now, which, which you're saying, boy, boy you're long in the road. Wait a minute, you read this show. Okay, I'll be really, really brief. But he talks about bringing all these blessings, all the things that literally are ours in Jesus Christ. All of those blessings in Christ Jesus in heaven. You are seated with him. 
You've been saved in Him. The Spirit lives in, in you. All of the fullness of God literally, literally is something you can taste part of. Beyond what you can possibly imagine or think or comprehend, God even can give that to you. Uh, it's uh, it, amazing, those first, first three chapters. So what's he going to say, say as he breaks out of position? Position is what it is. It's about position. He's telling you who you are in Christ. He's telling you all of that, that position. Then, chapter 4, he tells you what and how to live because of, of that. So let's, read, so let's read that again. We read it last week. If Ephesians chapter 4. We'll start in, start in verse 1. I therefore. And you, and you, if there's a 4, you want to notice there? Notice there? That's what we've just done. And as we went through the first three chapter, chapters. Therefore the prisoner, prisoner, the Lord, beseech you. That's urging, commending you that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith, wherewith you are called. Well, that's, a, that, that's a great statement. I'll keep reading. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing, bearing one another, and endeavoring to unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the way he opens it up. May God add us, add a special blessing. That reading, reading. Word. Let us just pause for prayer before we go any further. Father God, thank you for the day. Hey, thank you for your love and care. Thank you, for, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity we have to do gather in this in this place, really, openly. Father, we are so amazingly blessed by a supreme, amazing, awesome God. Father, we pray that these moments now that we've Set aside for you to minister to, to us through the word. That the Holy would work within in us to bring to, to fruition those things that you desired. Literally chipping away those things that don't, don't allow us to look like, like Christ. And, and adding on, making us fuller, more robust, robust in our Christ-likeness. Father, I pray for each one that's come here, come here today that you bless them, their, them, their families. We ask that their attendance here today would be one of blessing and a sense of growth. And now, Father, take your word through the, through the power of the Spirit and He and He and He alone would exclusively be our teacher. We would ask for us to be so in tune, so resonant to the word that we will, we will have never closer relationally than these moments before us. We glorify and honor you for you alone are the only one worthy of that. We thank you, thank you for what you wish. And these things we'll ask in Christ's name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 is, uh, as we've read the first six verses, verses uh, to walk in, I think we've, we left our notes up there from last week, which weren't very many. We, it's amazing how long we talk, and that's it. Man, we should be able, be able to be cruising. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That would be about 8,000 words per, per word on the board, probably, is what we, what we did. But walk worthy, worthy, let's do a little bit. Uh, maybe I didn't even tell you this, but to walk worthy, that word, word worthy is balanced. To be balanced, walking, living, daily, literally, that's who you are, to walk worthy. Why? Because that's the position that we in Christ Jesus. One thing that we didn't talk about, there are five, five things, characteristics, literally, that he lists for us in how to walk worthy. Now, when we do a how-to, if you buy a book, 
two, you probably, in most cases, will find that there are uh, lists of actions. Uh, how to, to, I don't know, how to build a, build a house. A whole lot of act- actions, isn't there? Step one, step one, step three, step... You get it. And Tony's all about building, isn't he? He's all about building. But you, anything, anything on how to, most of the time, of actions. It's about trying, trying to show you the things that you do to accomplish what you want to accomplish. This is, this is very interesting because what, what Paul spent the first three chapters on is revealing to you who you are in, in Christ. Holy lives within you. All of the work is internal. You haven't brought anything to, to the party. Ephesians chapter 2, in case you doubt that, you can read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Even the, the faith you exhibit it is, it is out of yourselves. It's from God. From God. Everything is, that's who you are internally. Let's for a moment, let's look at these five characteristics. Some of them is really the culmination. That is of unity. This is what God wants in our lives. He wants it in the church. He wants the world to see unity. And the, and the pre-four characteristic, which uh, we've, we've just read them a couple of times. We worked on just one last week, which is on the board. So we start you with the first one. one we have unity. But by... Followed by meekness. You can cheat. You can look in the Bible. It's in verse 2 and 3. I have no, no problem you cheat the Bible. That's okay. 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 God loves you to cheat in the, cheat in the Bible. We have humility. We have meekness. We, we have long-suffering. Another word, another word would be endurance. And number four would be forbearing one another in love. Uh, the sense of love. Okay. So those four, and what it does, does really is comes in a culmination of providing unity, which God God loves you. What do we know about unity? If there's something that's in unity, what do we know about it? It's at peace. Peace. Yeah, it's and it's it's at peace, isn't it? There's there's no sense of chaos, division. All those things, literally, the world builds and lives in. If you don't think I'm right, just listen to the news. There's a whole lot of chaos and disruption and division and fighting and all of that, all that stuff. That becomes everything that is away from God. God is not the author of chaos. Even in, I think that 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 13, verse 3, I think. But it's there, and he is not the author of chaos. Therefore, we know that he would be part of that. The opposite of chaos is unity. So those four things literally bring us to the sense of what God desires to show the church off, if you, if you will, to show the believer off. If you're presumably all of those things that he designs for us and tells us chapters 1 through through 3 Ephesians, then therefore we should be living that there's unity. And isn't it amazing? There's about 19 million ways not to be unified, right? There's, there's just hosts of ways to, divide, to, to, be, to be divisible. But isn't it interesting? Now, he's told us walk worthy. That sounds like that's action, doesn't it? I mean, how do you walk, with, walk without action, right? Uh, you, uh, you guys need to, look, to answer the question. <laughs> yes. That's, the answer is yes. Walking is activity. So wouldn't he then if he, tell you how, how to, to walk, how to walk, walk best? Wouldn't he just tell you how to do that? Yes. <laughs> very, very good. The aggressiveness. Unfortunately, he does it differently. And the answer is, in this case, no. But I love your yes. And just listen. Just, just, just wait. I'm, I'm, yes, and I like to accept, accept yes because that is such a positive voice. So I'm going I'm to raise the question. I will. The answer will be yes. But, 
But think with a moment. What he has described and given as characteristics are not actions. They are attitudes. They are attitude. Humility is technically not an action. It's an internal attitude. Meekness is not, not an action. It's an inward attitude. Long-suffering is not an action. It is an internal attitude. Forbearing one another in love is not an action. It is an inward attitude. Now, be, be careful because you're starting to starting, wait a minute. Doesn't it result in? Yes, that's the beauty of it. Paul is, Paul is so keen on making make sure that we think right and internally have an attitude. Therefore, the actions that come out of that are acceptable and unify the body in Christ. Isn't it? Now, isn't it amazing? Someone just gets saved. Someone just trusts Christ as Savior. It's amazing. We have a whole lot of do's do for those people. Do's and don'ts. Read I will pray. Don't go there. Go there. Don't do... See, we're action people, aren't we? Paul didn't do it that way. Paul said we need to think right. We need to have the right attitude. And guess, guess what? The right action will follow. That's exactly what's going on here in chapter 4. Because, because if your heart, the inward, the inward of who you are, is... is by t- this was. Re- I'm going to tell you what. Let's say we're going to make. How much are we going to make of walking worthy? Are we going to have like a gallon of this? Two gallons? Five gallons? Five gallons? Let's go with a big group. Let's go. Let's go with gallons today. Let me let me be clear. Be clear. To make a two gallon batch of, of walking worthy, you're going to get about a pound, pound, a, a gallon and a half, and a half of human. Because it's the whole deal. It's what makes everything work. The humility is the base ingredient. Christian living, walking worthy. If you don't have any, any humility, you're going to try your substitutes. Well, you guys are too tight. To, in other words, you got a, you got a recipe. There's substitutes. Let me let me tell you something. It's absolutely substitute for humility. Not a single substitute that you could. You know, if you read those little, they got those little reference books that you can substitute this for this for this. Nobody's on a diet. Nobody does. He doesn't. You guys. Oh, he's got to loosen up. Oh, yes, yes is the right answer. This is the right, an- right answer. But see, this is really, this is really important. There re- is no, no other ingredient, other humility, to allow us to, to worthy. Humility is the deal. Now, it's interesting what we're going to talk about today, and we, t- we talked about humility. We, we talk about, talk about, we'll come back about pride for a, mo- for a moment, the opposite of humility, because pride is really, really literally every single sin. Single sin. In the sin in your life, the sin in your neighbor's life, the sin in everyone's life, it was a, it was a sin in Eve's life, it was a sin, sin, in, sin in Adam's life. Every single sin that's ever in, in Satan's downfall. Pride is behind every single sin. And it's the, the opposite of humility. So wouldn't it make, it make sense where you'd start? You'd start with a great big pile of, of humility. But if you, if you knew that you added, added humility, then you wouldn't be humble. That's the tri- tricky part about it, isn't it? If you, go to your, if you go to your pantry and you say, I'm going to go get a whole lot of humility. Oh, well, that's not so good. As, as soon as you announce you're humble, it's so fleeting, isn't it? And, and yet humility is the key component. Component. Walking worthy. Meek, meekness is what we're going to talk about, talk about today is a, a byproduct of humility. You cannot be meek without being humble. 
can't, can't happen. Can't, can't happen. Really, literally, literally, for everything that happens, show me unity without humility. Can't be, can't be done. Do you see the, see the importance of humility? It's amazingly, amazingly important. Now, there, now there was something that pride raises up. Um, I don't think we talked about them last week, but some ways that, that pride can just come into our, our lives and sense of abilities is that God has, God has given God has given you some, you some great talents or abilities. It's amazing how we take those and can make those our talents and abilities, and we want, want to exploit those, those, and it's to do, especially if someone comes up and pats you on the back or shakes you. Man, that was fantastic. It's so, so easy to say, I know. Say it out loud. But inside, it's, isn't it? It's easy. It's easy. That's pride. Uh, pride can, can come through economic. If you've been, shall we say, gifted by God, equally. It's amazing, again, how easy it is for us to credit for that. that. For this, the self, self-made manner. Oh, really? really? Which, which breath are you responsible for? You, right? There's no such thing as a self-made man or woman. It's all God that has allowed Given, given that possible, and there's a sense of the, the just the sense of arrogant blurred, and you've been around those. They can brag about everything, even even if it's not even theirs. They're they're fun to be around. They make appointments to get more of that. Right? Usually, well, nice seeing, buddy. <laughs> there's some appearance as well. Um, there, there's a lot of people that uh, with an enormous amount of wardrobe look good. Appear to be top not not nothing wrong with looking fine nothing in the world but if that's your god if that's your goal if that's all it's about then we've missed it we totally missed it did i text you adding to my my wardrobe it's it says hospital on it and if you do an mri you get a free t-shirt sweatpants i've got two sets now they are they are beautiful should have worn Oh, there you go, Ernie. Yeah, they're so becoming, right? They're, they're so becoming. But at any rate, I could, I could, I couldn't. I'm planning not to go any further. I'm going to just leave as a collector's edition. We'll just stay with that. They were me. If you pay the for whatever it is, is that it could start with right. That's right. But it's amazing how pride can rear up and literally show its ugly face in so many ways. We talked talked a lot about that that lack and the fact that humility is something that is seen or to, to maybe I should say it differently. As ended last week and this week and this is where we'll be the meekness is this is the fact. How then do we do? You know, I've said how elusive humility is. As soon as you think you've grasped it or you have, you've lost it. Lost it. So how, how to approach it? How do we? How do we, we I was going to say chase after it or, or grasp it or get it or how do we do it? And there were things we said last, last week. It literally allows us, allows us the sense of bring, bringing it close so that we see what it is that we really, really need. And literally, humility is self-emptying. So is our issue. It's all, and every time there's sin, and it's about humility is self-emptying. Humility is literally allowing God to be in charge. But when we compare, compare ourselves, there's a sense of sense of self taking the scripture, scriptures, looking at ourselves self to the mirror of the scriptures. It's amazing how humble we be, become while the scriptures, scriptures speak to us about us, isn't it? It really is. There's sins that we'll see, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't see it before. And it's you to make us better. better. There's the sense of Christ awareness, comparing our, our lives to the image of Christ. 
Remember what Christ, I mean, you, you look at him. This is God, God, God Almighty, God in the second person. You want to look at a humble life. Amazing. Amazing. For him to come as God, God and come in the form of a man and as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem in a stable of what? That's God? God? That's humility, isn't it? Was he any less God? Of course not. Of course he was. He wasn't. All God. God. Oh, man. And then the ultimate was Isaiah. We spoke of last week. Isaiah in the, saw in a vision, he saw God on a throne, seeing the, the seraphim, the cherubim, literally self in that position. He said, woe to me, a man of unclean, clean lips. He saw him, saw himself. We're aware of who we are in Christ awareness, God awareness, and sin awareness. It's amazing how humbleness actually comes across our viewfinder. Becomes very apparent. So when we talk about attitudes or actions, let me ask this question. The first spirit, the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. Meekness, meekness is one of those. What are those roots of the spirit? Actions or attitudes? Have you ever thought of it that way? Excuse me? They're attitudes. So, are you the 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 fruit, the fruit of the spirit? Attitude? Yes, because if you don't have the right attitude, what would the actions matter? In fact, if you just action fruit, fruit, you know, you call that out the right attitude. Attitude that is called legalism. Really is. If you just go do it to do it. In fact, most people say Christianity is. Well, I went to church, I read my Bible, and I gave the offering, so I'm really good. Really? Behind what attitude is that? What, what's the attitude behind it? Is it just to work your way there? Missed it. Missed it. In, in fact, that, ver, that very essence of hiding there would be the opposite of humility. Isn't it? Attitudes. Now, when we have the right atti- attitude with the right act- actions, they have true spirituality. Now, it's interesting that it's not as much... What we do, let's say it a different way. Different way. Christianity is not, not so much what we do as what, as what we are. Because there's people that are doing without being. And that's why Paul always starts out in all of his epistles making sure that you know, know who you are in Christ. That Christ is the deal. That's what it's about. So it's not necessarily what you, what you do. What, what you are. And this is what we're talking, talking about as we unpack these characteristics that literally bring us closer to what God wants us to be. So let's talk about, about meekness moments. Meekness. Tell me what you think meekness is. I'm going to write it up, up here while we're waiting for that. For that. All right, boy, it's, it's pretty robust discussion going on here. Power without using it, okay? Or under control? Yeah, that's, but that's good. What else can we say? That's, that's, that's actually good. What else could, what else could we say? Meekness. Yes. Popular today? Can you take college classes for it? Have you ever went to, went to Meekness 101? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Actually, it, it would be described, you can go to a dictionary, it's, it's, a def, it's described, I saw this, a deficiency of courage. That's the definition of, of me. Is that so? Christ was absolutely meekest. That's a great. That's that absolutely is true. Um, you find yourself. Let, let's play with that for a moment. It might be really in our discussion, but but that you have the, the power. You have power in a situation. I maybe said something last week, which would be a. It would actually work. Work. Okay, I'm going to reuse it. Use it in a different. But um, there's a gentleman that uh, needed some irrigation water. To finish finish a crop, he did not did not enough water to, to finish the crop, and he called in called in dedication. Now, what I do know is I don't know how I can say all of. Can you say you say enough? Getting a lot of trouble trouble. Well, yeah, I, I think I will because I'm not naming names, but I also know of a situation where that guy took advantage of someone else and really really cost him a pretty pretty serious of livelihood. Okay, okay. A friend of mine, by the way. And the guy comes to me and he says, what can I do to get water to finish this crop? I need it desperately. Tell me what meekness looks like. Not on your own, buddy, because you're a jerk. Is that meekness? No. Now, everyone was in unison on that. See how, uni- how, how unity has come together here? That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Meekness, then, would be, I'm hoping what I did. And I said, I want, I want you, to, you to know that, again, I'm under, under no obligation. The choice that you made, you made. But I'm going to figure it out so that at least I can get you enough, enough water to fit a crop. Do you see the difference? I, I had within in my realm, within my, my power, to restrict or withhold. It was right. I could do that. But the power to be able to do above and beyond what, what I didn't have to do is really an example of meekness. Now, I'm not saying that because it was me. It could be anyone else. But do you see what I'm saying? That's why Jesus Christ was absolutely the clearest picture of, of meekness. Because he had all of the power and could have done anything over anybody. And he chose to continue to, to go down the Father's path, the Father's will. Isn't that, that absolute? And meekness is, is, does, it takes a lot of courage to be meek. Now, Aristotle, interesting, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm saying I'm a great friend, but in, vir, in virtues, he, he, what he wrote some, some, I guess, some things, shall, shall we say, some articles, some, some pieces on vir, virtues. And he said, virtue is, is literally middle. It's in the middle. middle. It's not without, and, it, and it's excess. So in the sense of, of say, meekness, on the one side, side would have no courage and indifference. Uh, who could care less to the other side of an explosive, excessive anger, right? right? And in the middle, middle is meekness. Generosity is much, much the same way. You can have wastefulness versus, again, I don't want anything, to, a, a selfish, if you will. And in the, in the middle is generosity. There's a, lot, there's a lot that are said in regards to that, that really virtues are boom. And guess what we're ta- talking about? Talking worthy, worthy, in, in balance. The virtue that we're laid out, out in, in God literally are right there in the middle. And then we go to excess or with anything, usually then what have we run into? A problem. It becomes, becomes an idol. 
Look, almost in the sense of excess. It's amazing. When you, when you excessively, excessively something, it becomes your God in a lot, in a lot of ways. I think an example of meekness was Jesus Christ before Pilate. When Pilate looked at him and shook, shook his head, and he said, don't you know I have, I have the power to crucify you? And he says, he looked at him and he said, you have no power, power but they have given to you from above. Yeah, and missed it. Didn't he just... <laughs> he didn't even see it because he could only... See, and this is, this, is, this is the real sense of pride ex- exhibited on Pilate's part. He didn't, didn't even get it. How vulnerable and weak he really was as he was sitting. I'm sorry. Probably wasn't seeing. Stand, stand in front of the very son of God. And he thought he was more powerful than him. Isn't that amazing? That's what pride does. Pride puts us in complete control. Wants us to be in control. That's, that's you will never, never to Jesus Christ without having at least one act of humility, and that is to bow your, your knee before Him and say, "I am a sinner, sinner. There's nothing I can do about it. I repent of my sins and I trust Jesus, Jesus Christ." That humility. Every single action to come to God requires humility. Humility is at the base point of every single decision you make for God. And that was, was interesting. interesting. Missed it. By a mile, not just a little, just a little by a mile. And he said, in the in the presence of Jesus Christ, what is truth? Truth. I don't know. He said, Dad, Dad. I don't really. Was it was it sort of sarcastic? Was it, you're talking to truth? He was speaking to truth. Thy word, word is truth. Meekness. How many of you desire? Raise your hands. There's no, there's no wrong here. I'm not looking for that. But it's questions, and it's it's amazing. Sometimes we internalize questions. It is where we're headed. Headed. How many of you this last week have really sought after being something that you could say, say you know, I, my life would a lot better off if it just practice meekness? Well, that's, a, that's a pretty rude question, isn't it? Right? Now, by the way, if you went to side, if you got on television, you got a radio, wherever you went, the sense of, and you don't even hear a word anymore, do you? I haven't heard the word meekness outside of the scriptures. I don't know where. It's totally, totally out of sync. There's, there's no value in it from the world's position. And yet, yet Jesus Christ, Christ, the most powerful, powerful, the most courageous, the most incredibly awesome individual that ever walked earth is the, the meekest that ever walked the earth. So why, why wouldn't it be like that? If you're a Christian and you put on the whole armor of God and you count every file as a... a or a continue, continuation of it, which leads us to maturity, you do want to be meek because that's what Paul says you need to be to be able to be able to worthy of the position that, he, that he's given to you. If you have no desire to be meek, go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and read it again. And if that's not enough, then go back and read the first three chapters and see what you are in Christ and this should just say, say makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. That's meekness. Paus is the... The, the uh, Greek Greek for that to be mild to be gentle. It's the opposite of someone who seeks revenge or retaliation, resentment, or harbors bitterness. Well, that sounds like that's what the world does in most cases. It calms, soothes. There's almost there. there if, if you know that sometimes in the evenings, or you'll have that that a gentle breeze, that kind of a cool, cool gentle breeze. Isn't that so re- so refreshing? It's soothing almost. That's literally what's behind that word. Praus. Praus. 
Now that's interesting. Let's talk about that for a second. Thou shalt be a man. That is in Hezekiah 143, verse 16. Did you know that, Ernie? Did you? Oh. <laughs> Actually, we're making that all, that all up. Because it does not, not say in the Bible that you'd be a doormat. Now, Jesus Christ, was he a doormat? No, he wasn't, he wasn't a doormat, was he? But it, it, it does say he was very meek. In fact, let's look at a couple of verses in regards to this. Let's go to, I think we could find it in maybe Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29. Matthew 11 verse 29. These are Jesus' Jesus's words himself. Verse 28 and 29 have a great deal of, of hope and help during difficult circumstances. Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Come on, come on to me, you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly, lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto souls. He declares himself to be meek. Meek. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Look what Paul says of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you. that word? I'm urging you. I'm literally only almost commanding you. How meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. He describes Jesus Christ as being meek. Meek. Now, let's come back to what Ernie raised. Um, there are those, those, and especially in the world's situ- situation, if, uh, if, uh, if Bill, you announced to some, I'm, I'm trying really hard to be meek, the world would sense that, oh, he wants to be a doormat. Right? Because that's really, really the, the perception. Okay? Jesus Christ himself declared himself to be meek. Paul told us, Jesus, Jesus Christ was, I'm, I'm sorry, meek, meek. Did you see how tricky that, that is? See how tricky that is? Meek. So the question is, what did Jesus Christ look like? Was he courageous? That's right. In, in fact, meekness knows when, when to get angry for the right, at the right time, for the right, the right reason. With the right people, for the for the right length of time, and not, not as what's that? <laughs> Actually, meekness has a lot to know when to shut up, right? Not to speak. But isn't it amazing? Amazing, Jesus, he got very angry. Make no mistake. And Ephesians chapter chapter four twenty six says, "Be, be ye angry and, and sin not." So it's okay. It's okay. Angry. The question is: is most of the time? Now listen carefully. The difference between meekness and selfishness is the fact when we are attacked or perceive attack, that's when we get angry. You will never find Jesus Christ ever respond or retaliate with anything that was ever done directly to him. It's not there. He was crucified. He was betrayed. He was spit upon. He was maligned. 
I could go on, but you get the picture. That ever, ever brought out in him. What made Jesus Christ angry is the same thing that should make us angry today. And that is what? What? Sin and how God is treated. Jesus walked into this temple and it took him about three milliseconds. And of course, he knew it before he walked in that this was not God's intention of this temple. He said, I, this, you've made it a den of thieves. And this is a house of prayer. I can, I can my Jesus. Braiding that way. And went to town. And he kicked him out. He kicked the livestock out. He made a sta- statement. You know what? All, all in the name. Ready now. Ready now. That's courage on display at the right time. That is, is true. Meekness does not equal dormant. Ever. Ever. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 bring some some examples. Let's just let, do. Do you have one in particular? Maybe a couple in particular. Let's just excuse, excuse me. Okay. Okay. Pilot. Right. So let let's look at some alternatives that he could have done. And still, no, still, no. Really, really important is end game always the the Father's will. Okay. So the Father's will would be to what? Now again, remember what Jesus Christ did. The night before, let's go back a few a few hours, Leslie. Let's just go back a few hours earlier in the night. And he was, he was really agonizing over what was coming. He knew they would be hanging on a, on a cross. He knew all, all of these things take place. And he was agonizing about the continuation of that. And he said, if you could take this cup from me, but your will and not my will. Now part, now, part of it, I said this statement yesterday, which I've never said before, was on another conversation that I had with a person that was talking about God's will. And I was thinking, as I, and it actually came out, and it's really it actually captured me. Uh, there, and, and I'll get back to this is a little bit off, but off, so it's interesting that it's all ties together. Uh, I don't know of anyone that probably pr- prayed more than Jesus, Jesus Christ. He prayed all the time. He was up early, he was up early in the morning, went off by himself and prayed. He prayed late at night. He was praying and praying and praying. Uh, the, night, the night of a trail was very, it was intense. Have you prayed to the level where you perspire? Okay, you know what I'm trying to say. Droplets of blood. That's intensive praying, isn't it? No, it's the same, same focus as we're praying. We literally are having our will melt into his will. That, that was, was something out loud. And I said, I said just, just a minute. That's exactly exact what it is. That's exactly what prayer is. Is our will being melted in, into his will. Okay? Right? So let's come back now and now. And he was always, he was always, always interested in God's will, no matter what. No matter what. Above his own comfort. Above, above, above his own, literally, literally his own life. Because ultimately there was, there was no saved people. No way from their sin. Except for him to pay the price on a cross. To shed his blood, blood innocent to take care of, care of it world. So as he appeared before, before or actually, I'm even, even thinking about, here comes this mob of guys coming up the night before. Judas and all of his, his courageous way, that was a sarcastic remark, was 
betray Jesus Christ, he literally could have just wiped the whole group out. What happened to God's will? God's will. It would have been thwarted. At least, at least for the time being. And, and, and the other thing, that's really what Satan, do you remember? That was almost, that was a temptation. When Satan came, do you remember the, the three temptations that he had in the wilderness? One was to throw, throw himself off the temple, and the angels would catch him. Whose glory would that be, be for? Jesus Christ. At every level, it was, it was always more important for Jesus, Jesus to make that God's will was the end goal, the end result. Now, in that remark, or in that response, there may be situations or circumstances that from our perspective or someone else, we would say, hey, that was a doormat, that was a doormat moment. But ultimately, it wasn't because he's literally being, being directed by God in that moment for what was before him. Right, and that actually fulfills the scripture that was there. Exactly right. Twelve legions. Exactly. Okay, okay. So that's the point, but there are moments from our perspective, and that's the thing that the world wants to point out. See, see, that's why Jesus was a doormat. Because he didn't respond, didn't retaliate, he caused revenge, but that's not the description of meekness. Let me another another thing we could use from from an analogy of meekness is is lion. A lion, a lion out in the wild, there is nothing tame about him. He is everything that a lion is, com- completely at his disposal at any given time. Do not think a lion in the wild would, would show strength in the in the of meekness. If there is an animal which he sees as prey, he's going to say, "I'm going to refrain." Not going to going to be well. well as I think about it, I just want to be, just want to be today. I have the power to kill or not to, not to kill. I'm going to just just going to step back, be dis, dis and not, not be aggressive. I'm going to be meek. That it's it's ridiculous, really. really? Now think of it. And a non-Christian living in in the world, Satan is the leader. Leader. He is the pr- pr- this world. It says. Literally, you, you wouldn't act differently. And I'm talking, I'm talking about the human. Move from lions to his, to his. That's how we act. Even if we have the opportunity or the, or the ability to not meet out undue punishment or whatever it, would, it would, might be, do it. Because that's what a saved heart does. Because it looks out for self and self, self alone. That's, that's what moved Jesus Christ above is love. And that he could have. And see, that's a cool thing. We know. We, know, we know that he could any moment wipe the opposition that was there. But he didn't. But he could have. And that's basically the description of meekness. But let's draw a lion. All of a sudden, and Paul, you're going to be a lion tamer for us today. And Paul is a fantastic lion tamer. Because we go to Africa and we, can, we get this animal, the one that did not show a lot of meekness to any of the animals in Africa. And Paul's mission is to tame the lion. And he's good at it. He's done it, done it before. He knows how a lion acts. He knows how a lion thinks. He, he knows how to tame the lion. And, and Paul accomplished it. And there's a certain Paul's showing tamed lion. Now, this is what I want you to think about. At Paul's command, being the lion, lion tamer, it's, all, it's, all, it's amazing how that lion, now, is he a different lion of strength, strength, abilities, power? No, not in any way, shape, or form. But now is a controlled lion. Literally at the, at the whim and will of his tamer, the one that tamed him. And if Paul feels it's necessary for, for 
Leo the lion to up on his little pedestal, a nice little kitty. That's what he does. But he's no less a lion. We know that because a number of, number of lions have not necessarily been as conducive to their trainer as this one, one to Paul would be. They've turned to attack them because they are no, no longer team. Now, a Christian that has literally become meek is one that is tame in Jesus Christ. We are the will of the Father. We become any less in the sense of courage, energetic, strong. None of those things are diminished. They're under control. Because I, want, I do not want you to miss this. As being the opportunity to, to be in Christ, having the Holy Spirit living within you, you up and beyond what you, you could possibly comprehend is this dynamic power that you could, couldn't imagine is now yours, that is within you, but is under con- control, not at your, your whim or whim to explode. That's the difference. And when meekness is there in your life, it's amazing how powerful it is in the presence of others. I'm sure those disciples, that was really bad, really bad, didn't it? They wanted Jesus to take the, take the world. He was, he was going to be the king of Israel. What are, you, what are you doing, Jesus? Let's get on with, with this. Move on. What was the difference? This is important, like for us. It's the will of the the will of the Father. That, that directs and, and instructs a direction and the speed or whatever you're into in your life. life it's all about the will of the, of the Father. Je- Jesus was a mystery at that. Tell me someone else. Let's look at somebody else. Uh, Jesus, of course, we say, well, he's, he's perfect. He's God. He's, you know, he's, that's really, really our example. That truly, truly is. But talk about some others. Give me another, tell me someone that shows meekness. I'm, I'm thinking of several, but let's just play. Let's, let's play the game. That's actually, that's a good example. Uh, Joseph was mistreated. Oh, that's a perf- perfect example, really. Uh, uh, sold to slavery by his kind and passionate brother, others. wanted him to just get, a, just get a new lease in life and get off to Egypt and maybe actually build a new life for himself, a brand new career. No, that wasn't at all. They, they sold him in slavery to the, to the Ishmaelites, which literally they thought, they thought it was the end of the world. It was over, over. And then, as a turn of events, some years later, guess what? His brothers show up literally in bad need. They're all of a sudden humble because of power. And Joseph absolutely could have done anything he, anything that he wanted to. But he said something in Genesis chapter 50. What you meant for evil, I meant for good. Good. See, there's so many things that actually in your life you can look back and say, there, there was, some, in fact, I would, I'm, I'm thinking of that. Well, Pilate, let's just think of that, that for what Pilate or, Pilate or all the group, that the religious leaders, what they meant for evil... Ultimately, God made good. If he, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And know that all, all things work together for good to those that love, love God, called according to his, to his purpose. Not every, everything good, but God brought everything out to, to good for those that love God. His will is un- unfold, if you will, regard, regardless of circumstances. Think of another one. Another one. Joseph was the one. That was really good. Got another one? There is a real sense of, of ability there. Yeah, there really is. I would, I would say maybe more humility than meekness, per se. But there was a real sense of, of education. There, there was a sense of, of being accountable to her mother-in-law. There was a love of that. In fact, there's a lot of those attributes in Walkworthy that Ruth, Ruth did. And she, there was, again, there was no sense of her having to do that. But that's, that's good. Really, really a good picture of me. Who else? I'm thinking of, of King David before he was king. 
And his law, showing such precious love for his son-in-law, he's trying to kill him, kill him. And he enters a cave. And there's David's, David's men. Hap- happens to be the cave that David and his men are hiding in. Saul comes in to relieve himself. Now that's, that's irony. That's, right? And then his, what is his men doing? Get him. Get him. He, he, right? And by the way, from, from the world stamp, that's exactly, exactly the right reaction. Finally, there's my chance. I got a chance. I can get him. Finally. But what did Dave do? Just show. Just to show. It wasn't just a master man. I think this is fantastic. You talk about stepping out on the edge. He goes over and over and it's not... And he, and he, how could you, how tempted that be? And he, and he cuts off his robe. And then as Saul exits the cave, he comes up. Hey, Saul! Why don't you change your robe? I, man, that must have hit him like a, like a sledgehammer. And it did. It deeply, deeply wounded him for a, him for a moment. It's out of his mind. He was insane at this point. But to think of the meekness that David showed... Because he said this, this is, is still God's anointed. He's still king. It's a really, really picture of meekness. Moses, another man, of, in fact, declared to be one of the most, most meek men on the planet. John the Baptist, he, Jesus, must increase, I must decrease. See, those are all pictures of meekness. You know what all of, all of those really revolve around to me is? God's will was, was no one important to them. Meekness, bottom thing is a humility, of course. Behind, even behind that is the fact that God's will, will is foremost for me. Nothing else matters. I'm not going to get angry about things that happen to me. I can, can get angry about what happens to my... To my... There was a lot, of, a lot of anger in those men when it was God that was in the finder. It brought it. I think that's part of what in the United States, States of America, there hasn't been battles that the Christians have literally raised up and fought. Listen carefully now. Carefully now. It's really important. A, a meek Christian is, is a warrior. Say that again. A humble Christian, walking worthy, is a warrior. Why do you say that? Say that. Because he told you to put on the whole armor of God, and you don't put armor on if you're not, if you're not a warrior. See, we forgot that, didn't we? We forgot that. How many shoes are some, something that would be in God's face, face that we as Christians just kind of kicked the dirt and walked away? You see, we haven't, we haven't really had the, had the courage to stand firm in, in the, in, again, and under the, the, the label of meekness. It was more of we, we just turned our back and it was apathetic. Now, coming back to what Aristotle said, he said that would be on, on the non-existent phase. phase. The, there's the other side, side that it's excessive, explosive anger. That's just as wrong. Meekness is power under, under control. Take issue heart that affect our, our thought in heaven. That's all the difference. That's how Jesus responded. That's how David responded. I don't, I don't know if John responded because of his, his faith in God, but... Attitude towards David. I mean, he had Jonathan. He, he, he was to be in, in the line of. He was to be to be the king, but he knew that David was to be David was. He lived his life according to me. Right. That that's interesting. You talk another man. You take Jonathan, whose father was 
Saul. And even Saul at one time was going to kill Jonathan. I mean, you could, it, it's, just, it's just crazy. But it's very interesting the thing that Jonathan's coach to his, to his friend was to literally get out of the way. Because he knew that he was God's appointed and anointed king. Again, a man, a man of God. Jonathan was. Do you remember this, this now? He actually got angry got angry father. Remember? When he was, when he, he was, it was on his heart to kill David, his, his mother-in-law. Saul's son-in-law. And he really went to task. He said, Dad, what is wrong with you? You see, you see what I'm saying? There's a sense, sense of this there. It really is. Do you see how can we are on meekness in our world today? Well, we need a lot of it, of it don't we? I think the other example is, is when they came to get Jesus at the garden. Peter took out his sword, lopped the guy's ear off. Jesus said, look, I'm going to do something. He puts it back on. He says, not now. That is power. Yeah, that's, that's a picture of power. Absolutely. Like, like, look. This is now that, that would, now. What do you think about old Malchus? Right? He's the guy who guy whose ears lopped off, right? Right? He he said, "Hey, that's my ear, right?" And I actually actually Peter was a lousy shot. I'm sure he was heading for his head, and he and he just gets an ear, right? And Peter's, oh, what's wrong with my aim? Right? And everything's going going bad, and all of a sudden here's this guy, this guy that they're at, one they're, that's that's been in between that they're seeking, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and he reaches down and he he puts on, and Malchus, whoa we want to do to this do to this guy sounds really good to me see all of that changes everything when you look at what jesus could have done versus what he didn't do that makes him big bigger does particularly i i think that group of men that would have been in that not been that night watching this whole thing unfold that's why that roman uh soldier watching that from noon to three o'clock he's his job is to watch the crucifixion finish Watching it become it become dark, and Jesus Christ said it is finished. He, he said he, he trusts the Son of God of God. This one that doesn't know anything about God. You see the impact? Following God, God's will? It's crazy. It's amazing, amazing, really. Really powerful, powerful, truly. Let's let's go to James chapter three and be in verse thirteen. James three three verse verse thirteen. Who is a wise man and dude with knowledge in you? Oh, that's oh, that's a great question. Stop. Don't go any further. Don't read any further. Stop. I mean, you want to, but you, you can't stand it because you want to know the, the answer to the question. Who is a, a wise knowledge man? Who is that person? Well, it sounds like nobody knows, so let's keep reading. There we go. Right. Here we go. Verse 13, it says, who is, a, who is a wise and endued with knowledge among you? Let him sh- show out good con- conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. That's interesting. Meekness is apparently very important for even live. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 11 and 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. Uh, Paul to is to the man he's mentoring, this young man, Timothy, and he says, But thou, O man of God, verse 11, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, love, patience. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Did you see what I said, you know what I said before? Here's another absolute example of that. 
Now, do you see this? These are what he says, Timothy, to, Timothy to flee these things and follow these things. He says, follow righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight, fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, wherefore unto to thou art, and hast professed, professed to good before many witnesses. Did you get it? Meek people are warriors. It's true. It's right in the scripture. Wow. talked about a lion, but think about a horse for a moment. A colt, a young horse that has not, not been aimed, not been tra- trained, not broken. That's a, that's a word that is used. Um, brokenness of his will has not been changed or broken. Sometimes those horse, horses are very strong one will. But what happens when that horse is tamed? Is he any less strong? Is he any less ability, abilities? In energy? No. That's, that's correct. You are around the money. But what, what's different? What is usable energy? It is usable strength. It is usable abilities that is patterned to stir. To submit. And, and, and I, I want to say this, particularly in horsemanship. You know, you know, those know and know and, and do horse breaking, I'm using that word because that's the word we use, in a way that is best for the horse. They're doing it in a man- manner that they know how the horse is responding. They know how the horse thinks. They make those adjustments to bring the best in the horse out. Could we trust anyone more than God to tame us, if you will? See, that's, that's when I see the meekness, that's what I, what I think, is tamed. That wild side, that, that part that is so unsaved, it's tamed. And God's doing the taming. Who else could do, do it better? Now, now, there's husbands trying to tame wives, and there's wives trying to tame husbands. They're not sometimes as good as God is about all of that stuff, right? They're going to change them. How about the, about the wind? Many of you have been in a hurricane. Yeah. Was that in Louisiana? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pretty boisterous, out of control. Totally, totally out of control. What will value you is that wind? It's very destructive. See, and it's the same for uh, for us, for us friends. And we're out of control, like some explosive anger, nothing but destruction, nothing but destruction. But what about wind in a? I'm mean, not even gentle, but I remember in Montana, we did wind to turn windmills. To pump up water, to supply water to cattle. That would be very necessary, very useful. Controlled. These, these virtues are very much in the middle, very controlled. And that's exactly what God wants us. Ability and meekness. Meek, meekness. Meekness. Let's look at one that's out of control. Let's go to let's go to Proverbs. I think I left you, Matt. May I left you? Let's go to go to Pro- Proverbs twenty-five, five. Proverbs ch- chapter twenty-five, twenty-eight. Proverbs twenty-five, verse twenty-eight. <clears throat> this is <laughs> it's very descriptive, very descriptive. He verse twenty-eight, uh, chapter twenty-five, verse twenty-eight. He that hath no rule for his own spirit. 
would be the opposite of meekness, is like a city that is broken down and without, without walls. If there was any vulnerable city, it would be one, one that had no walls. Show me someone that is out of control, that has no self-control, and I will show you someone that is very, very, very vulnerable to almost anything, anything come his way. Let's go to Proverbs 16, verse 32. Proverbs 16 and verse 32. This, this is really, again, descriptions are used. Proverbs 16, 32, He that, that is slow to anger, anger is better than the mighty, and he that with his spirit, spirit than he that taketh a city. That would be speaking of weakness. Powerful terms. Allows us to see very clearly. Let's go to First uh, Peter, Peter chapter two. First Peter, Peter chapter two. One of the things, things that uh, 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 meekness it's, it cannot be offended. First Peter chapter two, which is twenty one through. through Maybe go to the end of the chapter. Verse 21, we'll start there. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For even here unto two were you called, because Christ also suffered for us. Mark that. Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that, that you should follow his steps. Who did, did no sin, there was guile found mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, threatened not but commit himself to him that judge righteously. In other words, again, commit, commitment to God. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead sins, should live, live unrighteousness by whose, whose stripes you were healed. For you, for you were as going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Very, very vivid description of, of Christ. He was angry only when God was the issue. Let's take a look at Mark, Mark chapter 11. Let's go back to that, that temple of t- Mark chapter, chapter 11. Let's go there a mo- moment. Mark chapter 11. And let's get verses 15. We'll start there. Mark chapter 11, verse 15. Now this, now this would be on the day of the Passion, if you will. And, uh, walking, they're going to Jerusalem. Verse 15, chapter 11, Mark. And they, he and his disciples, come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple. And began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the, the seats of them sold doves. And would not, not for allow that any man, man carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, my house, now this, now this is talking about he, he's talking back in Isaiah chapter 56, my house, God's house, shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but, but you have made it a den, den of thieves. Tribes and chief priests heard it and sought now that they might destroy him. For they feared him because all were astonished and astonished at his friend. And when even was come, he went out of the city. That was another. He took control, control because God was the issue. God was the issue. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Scripture is so full of, of situations that allow us to vividly. Actually, that's when we spoke of. That's when we spoke of in uh, with uh, Saul. Saul. How about, about six? I had one of one of these other ones. Just a second. Just hold. Just hold. Sixteen. Okay. How about we just keep moving on? Very good. Good. Excellent. 
Go to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. We're talking about Moses. Numbers chapter 12. And verse 3. 12, 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are among the face of the earth. Again, you think of how he responded. There was a time when God said, Oh, I've had, I've had my fill of this I'm, I'm so sick of them. Moses, I'm just going to start over. Well, that's a pretty big moment. Wouldn't have that been kind of like, Whoa, thank you, God. I think that's a great idea. When are we going to get started? But how did Moses respond? Oh, no, 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 no. You've made promises. Your name is on the line, God, because you promised Abram that it would be, be his seed. That's meekness. meekness. There's so many times that he could have literally thrown the instrument of the bus. But he didn't. Never defense of himself. Let's, let's say Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 9. nine. Jeremiah chapter 9. What do you know about Jeremiah? The weeping prophet. The guy that had a tough go, it would have been Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 9. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the, let the mighty man glory in his might. might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Are you getting the picture? Let him that glorieth glory in this, that understandeth and me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For these things as I delight, saith the Lord. If there's any glory, glory in it, it's the knowing God. And it's amazing, as we come to us today, is as, as you take all, all the understanding of walking worthy, humility is the base product. It's the foundation. It's the opposite of what takes us away, away from God. It's the opposite of, of everything that's into sin. sin. The opposite of everything that the world and its society and its system breeds and fulfills and pushes at us. Every way and form. And out of that, that, that product of meekness, to have power under control, doing the right thing when it doesn't even maybe feel right. Going to come back to what, to what Leslie said. I'm sure as, as Jesus was sitting in front of Pilate, or standing in front of him, Pilate's pretty pompous, right? He thinks he's in charge. charge. And, and, Jesus, and you jitter, you know, Jesus could have just literally snapped his finger. And he, poof, he's gone. He's gone. But he saw deeper than that. And, that. and that's something about a meek person. Is some, of the, some of the questions we ask of our, of our is, are we really explosive in situations where Maybe our name, the our character, and taken apart, uh, or even even one that's worse for me is the sense when someone says about my motives. How would anyone know about my about my motives? Jeez, that 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 one a little deeper, a little full factor, doesn't it? But meekness looks through that. Meekness is able to separate all all of that stuff, that paraphernalia, things that really ultimately do not matter. And get you on the other side, because you know what? As you've prayed your way through that, I'm going to tell you something else. You show, you show me a big man or man or woman. I'll show you a son that prays a lot. 
pray a lot because they know the things that should really interest them, that should should really bring on on the of shall we say, as being a warrior, is the fact that, fact that they know what God wants accomplished, and it take, takes their and melts it melts it into God. A meek man or woman is a, is a praying man or woman. I don't think you can actually be meek without praying praying a lot. I don't think I don't think you can do it. Because if you don't pray a lot, I'll tell you right now that hum- humility is elusive as well. Praying the key component. I'm not sure that we should through a study on, on prayer as we can do this here in a couple, a couple of weeks. Because prayer is what our nation is so void. Even, even as the church, in the sense we've fallen into the sense. I think the church of Laodicea prescribes a church, a church in America to finer than any. In Revelation chapter 20, that would be an assignment for you next week. I believe, just read chapter, chapter 3 of Revelation and you'll get it. But the last church Jesus speaks to. One that didn't didn't really, they didn't stand for anything. They were lukewarm. Jesus took that pretty serious, didn't he? I'm going to sue you. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I wish, wish you were one of the other so we could tell what you were, you were doing. Telling tale was it, was it. And I'm wondering how many churches today that literally, Revelation chapter 3, I'm sure it's for, sure it's for 20. It's been used as, as a session message. I could, as I could not tell you times. Many times evangelists will build on this verse. It has nothing to do with someone coming to Christ. It has everything to do where Jesus Christ is in the church. And in the church of the he is on the, on the outside knocking to get back into the church of which he's just asked all to write about being unified. Isn't that some, something? That's where we're at today. We need a lot of prayer, don't we? We need a lot of meekness. And we need a lot of humility. And look how far, far our mission has come. Not only, not only leave off and, off and not pray, we've, we've given it. That's right. That's right. Our government prohibits prayer. Yeah, it's right. We're, we're, by the way, we're not going anywhere forward with that kind of a response. I can tell that right now. It's still a spiral. We gotta get right. There's no, there's no other mission. No other mission. No, no other time that Israel will spit on God and God and turn back on Him. That God said, "Fine." In fact, Romans chapter one, one it talks about turns him over, him over to a reprimand. Go ahead and go down that path. See where it heads. And Israelites had enough history. There was someone always to talk about the fact. Why are we doing doing this? God's looking for the same and same in America today. He's looking for someone to stand in the gap. Just one person to stand in the gap and mind people. No, no, no. Wait, wait. How was this this nation found? What was important? What made those revolutionaries literally put backs to the wall and their hearts aligned and then their lives at, at risk? Because they wanted to worship a good God really. And that God rewarded them by giving them a nation that they could that and unbelievably blessed. You know, that was one of the greatest curses of Israel. One God, God blessed. You know what's been what's been one of the greatest curses of, of, of America? God has blessed, blessed us beyond We've had it for too long. <laughs> and now we expect it. We're entitled to it. I'm using all of these terms that are so today, right? Right? But I'm coming back. Let's, let's come back to the Word of God. I'll tell you what. We Christians today, we're asked, beseeched, because of our position, walk worthy, to walk in balance. And the only way we just looked at two of them is to be filled with humility and meekness. And I will, I will tell you, this country will change if, if church literally gets their act together. Because it will look, will look so out of place. There, there will be the church. There, there will be you families. There's, there will be you Christian. Even in one's own personal life, it will make sense 
And then you know what God can do? He can marvelous and miraculous things because as we responding. Now, now here's, here's another thing we didn't talk about, talk about. I should have done it at the very outset. You see, as we have this word of God, there's, our response to it sometimes is, A, listen. We really don't, uh, uh, we really even dig in. You know, it's just like, eh, just zoom, right? Because uh, those, those that just have acts without attitudes, they go to church, they sit there and listen. And as soon as they're done, done, that was good. I got that out of the way. I'm good with church. I can take that and mark that off on the board. Check. Got it. Got it. Now, that's one, one way to take off. There's another, there's another one where you take it. You're taking notes. You're studying it. But you don't obey it. That's just as wrong. When we take the word of God, God, we get, reflect on it. We really, really let it to us. And then we do the obvious thing. And that's really what happens. That's what's being this attitude too. You obey God, God's word. And these attitudes are in you. Because it's not important enough, enough for you on the board. Let's do all three of those. Don't, don't just read it. Curious about it. And then obey it. And lives will be changed. Yours first. And then others around you. Okay, that's, that's enough, right? Questions or questions? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the day. Thank you that the mind that was in Jesus, Jesus Christ can be in us. He held himself even to the death of the cross so that we could be rejoined in fellowship with you. If you do anything wrong, you allowed free will and Adam, even that garden on that day, that day was like any other day, a day, day that day, I'm sorry, sorry, the day before you would have walked, walked with fellowship in the coolness of the afternoon. But on that day, they cho- chose to exalt self, to let, to let pride reign. And in that moment, sin has plagued this world to this point. Nothing within men, there is nothing that we can literally do to save ourselves. There is nothing within us that is good. The wages of sin, sin, death, for all have sinned, and all are worthy, worthy of death. But Father, you took it upon yourself to end the perfect just the right time, the fullness of times, for him become sin for us. He took our sin and gave us life so that you could justify to declare us not guilty to allow us to be, to be rejoined in fellowship with your Truly amazing. We can't even comprehend the depth of it. We're here to thank, thank you. We're thanks, here to thank you also for, so for, for the writing that, that Paul did and through the, through the institution of the Holy Spirit to allow us, allow us to see how Important it is for us to walk, walk a walk that positionally have made that way. Father, this week I would, I would ask humility and meekness would be sought by ourselves as, as, we, are, as we are aware of ourselves from pictures, parallels, and being in viewpoint of Jesus as Christ, and then, Father, even you, you, the awesome that we find, find of you, the, the scriptures. Father, we are yours of what you did you did you didn't just tell us about love showed us love love father father as we meet next time i ask that you particularly be with us taking each step on our life's journey and may it be blessed by you as we fo- focus on you thank those that are here today again father we would ask that you bless them their families lives 
And as they travel, some will be very miles away from here next week. But Father, we know that they're all in your hands. This world can be affected by the witness of Jesus Christ through ourselves. And pray, Father, when we are humble and meek. Father, Father, build us and grow us. Just give us wisdom and strength days before us. We thank you for thank you for this last week. And we again just pause in humbleness and adoration. Thanking you are our God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.